From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Did they do this for the last night for you, Slick? They did. By special request. I was like, hey, you know, you guys, we're putting you over. Could you do me a favor? Sure. Ronnie's really easy to work with. You just go up there and go, hey, man. You'd be a hardworking man just for me. I just, you know, I've been here since like uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. And, you know, I know how those concert days are. It was a good show, I guess, last night. A lot of people went. I saw a lot of uh, posts on social media. Everybody was out there having a good old time. Not a lot of mask wearing for some reason, but uh, okay, maybe that's just there were there were people that were mad because they didn't know the. So for you, anybody listening out there now, if you're going to anything in the mid, because we got Kiss tonight, they've got uh, Zach Brown tomorrow. You got to have a negative test or you uh, negative test within 72 hours and or or a um, vaccine card. And so people didn't know that the Mid-Florida had changed their rules. And this was just early in the last week. And they showed up to the concert and got turned around. They were pissed. Yeah, I you, would think, you think it's the one thing that it's still there. I mean, they uh, should tell you about that before you get there. Well, do I get my money back? <coughs> no, sorry about that. Uh, before the break, uh, before the top of the hour, we were uh, chit-chatting and we brought up the subject of... Uh, now, we've covered this subject quite a few times on this show. And uh, there's good reason to do it because usually in the state of Florida or Pennsylvania or whatever it is, I know etiquette-wise it's a little different for each and every state. And the uh, techniques are a little bit different in each and every state as they are with anything. But uh, Vince wanted to enlighten us. What was it on the, what's the official title of this one uh, on the cover page? Five what? Five things you can use instead of toilet paper. Now. In the woods or wherever. I'm not a fan of bringing toilet paper into the woods. I, I'm, I've never been uh, a fan of, of toilet paper in the woods. It seems like uh, toilet paper doesn't work quite as well when you're out in that particular environment for some what, reason. How does the environment affect the working properties of toilet paper? Because you got swamp butt. Well, not, not <laughs> because usually you're wearing a larger, at least for me anyway, I'm wearing a larger amount of clothing. And, uh, you know, I've, I have either long pantalones on, you got socks on, you got a big old pair of boots on, you got a jacket maybe on in the wintertime, you got a shirt on underneath it, maybe a t-shirt, long johns, all these other things that are incorporated into it. I tell you, the one of the most difficult ones to do while you're out there is when you wear a one-piece zip-up, like overall-type suit like the Cabela suit yeah. or anything else like that, like a, a giant human jumper. Because you have to strip down. You have to take the whole damn thing off. And when it's oh, 31 yeah. degrees outside and you got it all hanging off of one leg and, you know, you're trying not to freeze to death, <laughs> you need the biggest coverage thing that you can use material. So my material of choice is paper towels because you can take about – Eight of them bad boys, roll them up in a ball, fold them in half, stick them in a pocket. You're good to go. And a little hand sanitizer. Pine scented. Just in case you get a little over uh, burden. Something like that. 
because wet things uh, and dirt, you know, sometimes just don't, you know, get everything. Well, and, it, and when you're in the cold <laughs> weather and you go up to, like, wipe the little drizzle off your nose and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I missed a spot. Where's that hand sanitizer? <laughs> Where's that hand sanitizer? I'm going to need that. <laughs> that is so <laughs> gross. <laughs> Well, these are the things. Give yourself a dirty Sanchez. You're going to give yourself your own Sanchez, so it's not a good thing. I thought so, you were just going to say spit on it and wipe uh, it off. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, for your list, where uh, where did you come up with this so, uh, gem here? Actually, the, I didn't come up with the list. It was I found it on backpackers.com. Okay, sure. Yeah, pack it in, bring it out. I got you. Go ahead. So the first thing they had on this list, I'm like, are you kidding me? Rocks. What was that? It's my disapproval uh, sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember in the movie with Sylvester Stallone, they had some technique where you used the three shells or whatever well, I guess, it was. I guess they're saying, you know, for a natural TP, a good size smooth rock. I guess so you can. I can keep moving. Keep moving. I can see where it could be done that way, but uh, in Florida, find me a smooth rock. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't limestone, it looks like it just snapped off of a coral reef. Uh, yeah. Keep I'm moving. Stay, stay Be a man. Use your socks. Uh, oh, but yeah. then what do you do with your socks when your feet get cold? You, you, now you, you got poopy socks. You don't, you don't. You're not putting your socks back on there, hero. You don't use socks. <laughs> I mean, Keep moving. What's, number, what's your what's next number, one? What's number deuce? Leaves. But you have to be careful with the leaf. Well, of course. I mean, that's a gimme. That's an oldest joke you know, in the book. Poison oak. That would not be good. But you can't use leaves no. in Florida. There's no, no trees. There's pine yeah, needles. Yeah, yeah, you sure can. No, wh- what? You're yeah. gonna uh, palm fry. Everything has wax on it, no, man. Take the pine takes... needles and get a bunch of them. They wrap them together. I've used palm frond before. And then use that. It's like a little brush. Pine needles. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, not I'm... the dried ones. The fresh Next. ones. Next, Brayden's right. That's a bad idea. That is a really. I'm bad just. Idea. I'm just spitballing. He just likes things poking him there. Yeah. spitballing. You be quiet, Bill. <laughs> Bill I feel like is. Bill's trying to get around this topic because he's got a story of which of which ones he's used in the past. Well, he's yeah. from up in Pennsylvania, so he probably scratched everything that's, uh, that's internal with uh, holly leaves or something. I would say a stick, like a thumb-sized stick with a no, stick with no nubs on it. You, is a, that, stick. a stick. Is like, that on your list? Not me on my list. I didn't make this list. Listen, <laughs> last thing I know I do is be using a stick. How about back a, there? How about a pine cone? Oh, yeah. Now, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right there. <laughs> you Listen. know what? A pine cone that has been eaten by a squirrel might be about the same texture as u- a corn cob. Okay. If you use a pine cone, make sure you go in the right direction. Vince. I ain't no way. Vince, no way. we are going to give you every item on that list. So I can go home and try and, it. And you, we, I will collect them. Great. And I will let you come back and give us a review oh my God. on what you're... You don't have to go to the woods. You can do this in the comfort of your home. That would be nice. Yeah, we'll hear you scream the la- out. The last one is snow. Snow? Yeah. Snow. Can Real you, hard in Florida. Can you use snow, uh, Bill oh, George? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, how do you use snow as a wiping you, utensil? You you can use it, it, it. You pack it in. And even if you've gutted a deer or anything, that's what we do to clean our hands. You grab a whole bunch of snow and just start rubbing it. It has yeah, a little. Yeah, because it melts. It's a natural it bidet. melts. It, it cleans it. It it does a great job. Well, I can see removing blood, but that's a that's an orifice that's a little uh, a little uh, sensitive to cold. I it's, would think that uh, would be it'll pucker. <laughs> it would be a little, <laughs> it would not be very comforting. <laughs> I would not do that. I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. Not, 
see what Alan has to say. <laughs> okay, I'll go with. I'll see what Alan has to say. Now, now, Alan, remember this is an FCC licensed radio station, so we do have to, uh, we do have to kind of watch our p's and q's on this. Um, you know, let's not well, ta- let's not let's not go anywhere near the act of or uh, anything like that. So, what's your remedy for out in the woods? Well, let me tell you. First and foremost is location. Um, you got to find a good log that's shaped like a Y. That helps. Preferably, uh, preferably about a foot and a half off the ground, depending on your height. Uh, if I see that log, it's like a trigger. It's like walking into a Barnes and Noble. I just have to go. <laughs> so I always have toilet paper or extra log socks that you can cut the top, yeah. you know, why, three inches off. Of. Why are you people? Why uh, I, slick? <laughs> Why are you obsessed with socks? Mine was always the sleeve. You wear a T-shirt, you rip well, out the sleeve, and it, you sunburns. Got, uh, sunburns true. way I worse. Mean, I can always I'll, cover my my feet in the boots or whatever I'm wearing. But if you start wearing away your sleeves, you're gonna get sunburned. Then you're in a worse situation. No, because I always wear a T-shirt under what I'm wearing. As so why camo. are you using? Why don't you just use that that under T-shirt and not even have to worry about your socks? Because you don't need the whole thing. That's what I said. You take the sleeve. You just take the sleeve. Why off. are you wearing it? Just like you you tuck it in your bag. You pull out your little bit. And you just it's like rolling away. No, you're overcomplicating no, this. No, right did now. you say your little bag Slick. like a fanny pack bag? No, Slick. like a like a salt pack or something okay, like just that. Just making sure. You right. have it's no clue what you're here. dealing with over there, Slick. No. So, Alan, really? You, you, you really? No, no, no. Bill? I'm talking about with Braden. Oh, okay. you have. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying you have no clue what you're dealing with on the other side. We're well, about right. to have some words, Bill George. <laughs> All right. well, so, Alan, you're a you're a sock aficionado when it comes to this. Well, I, I prefer. Well, you know, I kind of when when the toilet paper in the house gets down to where it's about. Uh, you know, a half inch thick or so. I just go ahead and recycle that roll, and that goes into my hunt pack. So I'm ready, because that also uh, doubles as a uh, stuff to hang from trees when you're tracking a wounded animal. Yes, that's that biodegradable. Is true. So that it, it, it's, and you see it a long distance, so it's it's dual purpose. I, I, when I hunted up north, I, I still have a lot of uh, thermal underwear that are more like capri pants because you cut the bottom, <laughs> you know, three inches off of everything. So you know, I get cold from my mid knee down to my ankle. You uh. know. But, uh, yeah, you know, tops of the socks in a pinch, you know, what? the bottom of your sleeve, you know, anything other than a pine cone or some poison ivy. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know? But but the key is finding that good log because that's how you keep them. Because I, I like the one-piece deal, too, and that's how you keep them crapping in your bibs. Yeah, that's yeah. you gotta you gotta get those far away from you. I mean, uh, that's yeah, that's the general rule. Uh, we'll walk by a tree and I'll go, ooh, look at that log right there, that <laughs> mark log the, right there. Mark that spot. Mark that <laughs> spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that on my hunt X. It's like, Dad, is that where we shoot the deer? No, that's where we poop, son. Yeah, that's uh, if, if the morning co- morning coffee kicks in, <laughs> we gotta know where to go back to. So, I, I just I always found it to be uh, uh, quite. Um, if you like you said if you have the right sitting area it makes it quite uh cathartic to be out there in nature yeah. and do what nature intended but if you don't and you're having to force where you have to remove all your clothing and lean up against a tree or something like that it's a very discomforting but activity what's the first rule though check what's around the tree and under the log no before you go <laughs> yeah. listen could be a pygmy under there. I, too. I can tell you, I I could compete with some NASCAR pit crews on how fast I go, and then boom, move on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing I tell people, how fast you can be. I, I tell people, you just keep walking down the trail. I'll be right back behind you, and no sooner do they turn around and get very far, I'm right back going again. It, it that that's not that's kind of scary. 
Yeah. It's good, too. You know, you know, years and years ago, Field and Stream actually came out with an article talking about the fact that you should not take white toilet paper into the woods with you. That they would prefer that you would use, like, a pink or the blue. Remember they used to make blink, pink and blue uh, toilet paper? Because of the color. Because of the color. And, uh, you know, if they got a flash of white, if there's some hunter that's 50, 40 yards away, they see a flash of white. And they may assume that that is a white tail over there right. uh, flicking a tail or something. And, you know, some idiots have been known to shoot through brush well, and uh, at something that they thought was a deer. I will say, for me, on a planning purpose, number one item that generally is in my backpack or whatnot, pockets, is about 10 McDonald's brown recycled napkins. That would be perfect. Okay. Number two, what I've historically used is the little small Kleenex packs because there's a little plastic piece around it, which means if you get a little bit of dampness, they're still staying dry, but yet they're small and compact. That's and so that- those, those are my primary. If, if something happens where I'm in trouble, that's when the sock is generally <laughs> the first thing to go because you come back to camp and you're missing that. Everybody ain't laughing at you. Um you know, what? you kind of sneak on back in and just get you a different pair of socks. I like to go for a nice swim when I'm out fishing sometimes. And let me tell you, when you, I, I used to like to use baby wipes, but uh, I made a classic mistake one time and confused the baby wipes for my repel mosquito wipes. Wow. That's a mistake you don't, don't want to make. That would be a bad one. Yeah. That would be yeah, that, some that, of my major discovery. Now, I have to ask uh, the panel here. Uh, do you actually do the courtesy of uh, taking the heel of your boot and actually at least attempting to dig a hole uh, for a little bit of uh, for the next hunter who may be coming along down that trail that you don't leave uh, something in their boot tread? You I'm know trying what I'm to saying? throw off their dogs. It, <laughs> for me, for me, if I can find hog rooting, it's nice because it's easy just to push over. Yeah, that or, is true. Or an armadillo. Yeah. Um, but. I wonder if that would be uh, considered molesting if you uh, used a gopher turtle hole. I don't know. He might not be able to come out. (laughs) (laughs) FWC may frown upon that activity. I don't know. I don't know. There's a gray line there. So anything else, Alan, uh, besides? uh, Uh, Well, um, (laughs) I I had the opportunity uh, to hunt uh, rifle uh, about two weeks early, um, a couple weekends ago. Uh, got to hunt with uh, Operation Outdoor Freedom because I am a technically on paper a wounded veteran. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got to hunt down in uh, Pecan Strand down in down by Naples, and uh, what a there was six of us hunting, and I got the only buck of the of the weekend. We didn't have any doe tags. If we had doe tags, we'd all be eaten. But uh, yeah, the deer were thick. We saw probably twenty a day. Nice. All kinds of turkey. Saw a couple bear. Saw a panther. You know, it, it was a great hunt and a hey. great weekend. Those guys, Operation Outdoor Freedom does a great job. And, yeah, they do. Hey. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. You and still? I got, so I got, uh, I got some meat in the freezer already. Awesome. Good wow. job, man. Good job. Do you still have my number? <laughs> yes, sir, I do. Uh, give me a text after the show um, just in case I have an extra uh, opportunity to go out for an alligator. Your son, you think your son would enjoy that? Oh, my God. He'd be thrilled. Okay. We may we may be able to make something happen. The deal is we I get, will do that. The deal is we get to keep the meat though, so you get to keep the memories. <laughs> so good for you. Hey, that's good. All that's right. good. It's all good. 
All right, well, All right Alan, we appreciate it. Go go scout for some turkeys. Yeah, darn right. Roger that. And keep your socks up. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden, uh, Bill George, Vince, and Slick hanging out with you this morning. Uh, as you heard in that break, Owl's Wild Meats, they are up and running. Just in case you wanted to know, Owl's Wild Meats is uh, up and running. Uh, try to get your deer there as quickly as possible. And remember, if you're bringing it from out of state, it uh, must be deboned. He'll have some pythons soon. Must be deboned. I uh, ran into our good friend Derek Carpa uh, yesterday from Bone Valley ATV Park. If you have not been out there lately, you really should go. If you're looking for a nice, safe family environment to go out and hang out with the kids, and uh, you can just turn them loose and know that they'll be safe and have a good time, uh, you need to go check out Bone Valley for sure because you know they have a youth training riding area where you can put the littles in there with their razors or their little, you know, 50s and cc jobbers and 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 they also have an adult training area for somebody who might be kind of new to the area so that you can kind of get the feel of the thing and you know you don't have to learn as you hit the trails or anything like that and if you did not know they also offer offer uh rentals out there these days so i did not really yeah so you can show up out there get a side-by-side or a four-wheeler or a two-wheeled scooter and get out there and not a scooter but you know motorcycle and get out there and go ride around and have a good time and uh, i talked to him yesterday and i said um did you get the uh the property across the street yet he goes oh yeah that's a done deal we got we got all that property so it's going to be expanding soon where um it's north of whatever that darn road is that kind of curves down goes over railroad tracks do you know what number that is i don't remember dang it i can't remember either but, but they're going to be able to um they're going to have rv uh, pads out there where you can go out there for the weekend and uh park your rv and have uh, sewage and power and all that other happy stuff and a big ginormous lake that you could go out and do some fishing on while you're out there as well so it could be a great and powerful so wonderful if i weekend. have legal means of access i'm allowed to be on the lake i'm allowed to be doing that i wonder if i could take that alligator I'm sure that they they might work with you on that one. Legal means of access. Sure. Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, if you've never seen Bone Valley, do yourself a favor. If you're an ATV owner or a side-by-side owner, uh, you can go out to uh, bonevalleyatv.com. That's bonevalleyatv.com. It's out in Mulberry, and it's the old uh, phosphate areas out there that they really can't you can't do anything with it. I, the, the ground what do you is. Mean uns- you can't do anything. Well, with you it. can't build on it. You're, so it's not going to be a place where you have a billion and a half houses because the ground's unstable and all that kind of stuff because it's been mined. So it's going to be you know centuries if uh, before they can build houses out there. And uh, so it's good, open, beautiful land where there's not a lot of light pollution. You can see the stars. Well, when. We went out to Bone Valley when they first were opening up. The one thing I really liked is they have so much one-way traffic. It's all one-way. You know, they had a couple open areas where where you could kind of do do your thing. But from what I understand, that is getting smaller and smaller as they've increased some of the other stuff. But 
they turn around the uh there's just so much one way so if you put a kid out you're not having to worry about all of a sudden somebody t-boning them because you're going to go down in runs and and it, you know well the way that it's set up if you have not seen it it's like Let's just picture I-4, okay? You're driving along I-4, and you look, and you see an exit for North Branch Forbes Road. You get off on that, and you go up North Branch, and then it comes back to I-4. So then you go to the next one, and let's say you go to McIntosh, and you go up McIntosh, and you come back down one way, and you hit I-4. And then you go down a little bit more, and so it's back and forth, back and forth. You got A through M of all these trails. So you could start on A, and go up and back, then B, and then C, and then D, and all these up and back, up and back. And they're all not on the same trail. You're on a different trail as you make the turn and come That's back. That's really cool. Well, it's very smart. That way it's all one way, and you don't have people, you know, coming 40 Zipping miles an hour around, coming around the corner and, you know, head on in you or anything. That way you know, like you said, if you got children out there, you know, they go up this way, they're coming out the same place that they went in, or a little bit down the trail, you know, yeah. they'll be out popping out. So if you're going, hey, Dad, we're going to go run down B Trail, and you're like, okay, we'll wait for you at the entrance between B and C, and then, you know, it's easy to do. And then they do have the open area, which is around the – it's it's in the interior of the big motor, motocross track that they have out there. They brought in all that red clay, and, I mean, it's it's really nice. And then they did the uh, – uh, they got a couple of hill climbs up there, big steep hills that you can go up, and then they got a new section. The newest section is the uh, trial bike uh, which is supposed to be pretty hairy to get through there. So, uh, you know, you got to have some skills. And, and remember, if you guys don't have a bike, like you said, you can rent one yeah. while you're there. And I was just looking, a single-seat ATV Honda for four hours, 290 bucks. It's not a bad day. That's, no, a, that's a great day. When a, rent a Wave Runner out on, like, Clearwater Beach, you're only that price right there is only going to get you a half hour. So that's what actually the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gotten it's gotten ridiculously we're in the bad. Wrong, we're look, in the wrong business, man. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm gonna tell you, Bone Valley's already got it set up for you. So it's awesome. It really is. And you can buy an annual pass. You can do it, so you can go out there anytime you want to. And remember, it's run by the county. It's a park, so you have wash stations, you have showers, you have really nice restrooms, you have pavilions where you can set up a barbecue and cook and do all that other stuff. So really. You could go spend an entire day out there, get your dirt motorcycles as filthy as you want to, rinse them off. That way it's all done by the time you get but home. It's be prepared all, to all get done. dirty. It even says it on the website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get dirty. Rainy days are really good days out there. Those trails are so awesome when the rain. I want to go. Uh, the only days that they're closed, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day. Every other That's time. It? Yeah. Man, otherwise, come on out. When are we going? I don't know. I'd go. I want to go. Kids want to go. I'm ready. We went out there that one year with those electric jobbers that G5 brought out. Oh, my gosh. Those things were awesome. With the four-wheel drive. The one we took to the uh, fish on clay shoot. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that, that one, you yeah. about threw us off the back of. Dude, that thing would. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, because electric like that is all four tires get full power at, at the same time. Yes. So when you stomp it, all four tires in the parking lot are smoking. We have to go 50 feet to the next station. Full speed. Braden? Yes. (laughs) Well, it was fun. It was a memory. Yeah, you had fun, obviously. Yeah, Yeah. got whiplash. Yeah, you're healed. You're okay. Oh, poor Bill. 
Uh, just so you know, we've lost. Uh, apparently, uh, the new list came out of all the animals that are now extinct in the state and around the country and around the oh, world. You know one that is? And uh, one that was just announced here in the state of Florida. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to cry over. So the Florida we'll, Panther. We'll talk about that when we come back. Well, they wouldn't <laughs> weep over that. Really Lionfish. No. Lionfish. They put no. a den in there. The cockroach. It is. It has been proven. We'll take a break. And when we come back, it is the uh, Big and Wild brought to you by Randy Ford. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, all right, everything out? I'm dying over here. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Spring Gun, Vince Noble, Bill George, Slick hanging over there behind the glass. Slick under glass. And uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the an article that came out about a week or so ago that, uh, believe it or not, didn't make as much headlines across the uh, national news and locally as apparently the Goliath Grouper, uh, which still... I saw a Facebook me. post and people are like are very split, but there's a lot of those people like you're saying that don't have the tags that are out there giving their well, these are a species that needs to be protected. And the other people are like, yo, they're killing all the fish in the reef. Like, what do you know? That's wrong. They only eat crustaceans, right, Bill George? That's what the biologist said. That's why they uh, eat nothing but crabs <laughs> and uh, lobsters. Have yeah. you seen them eat I a shark? I wish I got paid to make silly claims. Yeah, yeah. me too. Kind of paid me lots of money. We do. Uh, <laughs> this story came out about, like I said, about a week or so ago, and uh, uh, the lead story was 23 species are now extinct, including the ivory-billed woodpecker. Um, so uh, extinction has to be... The way that they look at extinction is it has to be, if you haven't seen one, which doesn't make any sense to me, uh, for three years. But just because you don't see it for three years doesn't mean that it's no. completely wiped off the planet. But it does make headlines. So, you know, if you haven't seen one in a while, uh, apparently that means that uh, it's it's no longer here. Uh, only 11 of the species have been declared extinct by the U.S. Uh, officials since the passage of the Endangered Species Act back in 1973. Um, a lot of them, of course, when they say here in the United States, uh, what they fail to recognize is that the vast majority of those are in Hawaii. In Hawaii. So that, uh, you know, with the birds and the cats and the rats and the snakes and everything that have been introduced into that, you know, uh, used to be a homogenous, you know, zone that didn't have all those ingredients, which, of course, all those things being uh, the reason why that these birds and lizards and things are not extinct is, is whose fault? It's us. Our it's human beings. We're, we're, the, we're the problem. Yeah. It, it was, it's, all our, it's all our fault. It's all that. Really? Which it is. But I, I love the fact that somewhere in the middle of the article, they have to sneak in this little sentence right here that says, it is possible that some of the newly extinct animals could reappear in the years to come. So if it's Jurassic Park. So if it's extinct and yeah. you make the announcement that it's extinct, don't put it in there. Well, people well, are changing dictionary words all the time. We're just uh, going to change extinct to, you know, mostly dead. Baby. No, they're <laughs> saying that if they find one, you know, like I said, if just because you haven't seen one in three years, it could be put on an extinction list. And all of a sudden... Uh, Toby calls in and goes, hey, man, I, I wish I could call you in a minute, but I got this damn ivory woodpecker over here banging the heck out of a tree. 
And I was like, wait a minute, that's extinct. And then he could make news by, you know, he discovered the last the last one. Listen, but, yes, if it's sir, Toby, he's not telling you he saw it because it. then you'd know where his hunting spot is. Well, that is true. <laughs> And, and the reason, Toby, we shared our fishing spot. And the reason why I bring it up is because yesterday it was announced by uh, Miss uh, Nikki Freed, who is our, of course, Agricultural Commission here in the state of Florida, that we were proud to announce the fact that we have eradicated the African giant land snail here in the state of Florida. Of course, it is an invasive species that will eat. I've ever seen one. That will eat over 500 uh, homes, uh, I mean, over 500 different plants, <laughs> and also the side of your house, apparently. They like to ingest stucco and other things like that. If you remember our friend Amber, yeah, when she was on... Oh, that's right. When she was on uh, Naked and Afraid... That's right. She got sent packing because why? She was eating snails. She ate the giant African land snail. That's right. And got sick, had some had some parasites, and also the other thing that they like to carry in their gut, meningitis, which is always probably really fun to go through. Well, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, land snails were first introduced into South Florida in the 1960s, and it took 10 years and a million dollars to rid the area of the snails back then. So they made the declaration that the snails are no more. They are gone. <laughs> we have killed them all. It cost us a million dollars, and they are gone. How do they know they killed them all? I mean, Amber just ate one. How long ago? So then in 2011, holy crap, what are these giant snails right here? Oh, they're back. And so since 2011, we have been fighting the giant African land snail, the state of Florida has collected over 168,000 of the giants, thanks in part to dogs that they specifically train to sniff them out, which is what we said they should have done with the pythons how many years ago? A long time how ago. How many years ago? <laughs> a very, very long how time ago. How many years ago? Seriously? And uh, Seven. At least. And, and in addition, the Miami-Dade County, uh, hundreds of snails were found outside of the uh, Florida Broward County, notably in Davie. Back in 2014, but since then, <coughs> we've eradicated them yet again. <laughs> and it, like it, like it says here, it says for a species to be considered eradicated or uh, extinct, it has to be at least three years since live one was found, and the last one alive was reported in 2017. So they had to wait three years to say that we have now killed them all. So at our next rally, anybody who finds one, bring it up to her and said, you were wrong. Now I'm going to go down there in January because I'm doing the pythons in January. I'm going to look for them. I just, you know, when they say they're eradicated, you know that they're somewhere out there in Broward County, Davie, Florida, whatever. It's got like two or three of them in a fish tank somewhere. They got them in there because they look really cool. They're really large. They get like eight inches. Or, I mean, the shell gets big. To put them in there, throw a bunch of lettuce or whatever in there, and then... You know, who knows where them babies are going to end up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they're too big. I'm going to go throw them in the lake. Yeah. So uh, so just feel good now, Bill George, that the giant African land snail. Well, I can sleep at night. I, I, I was not joking earlier when I said about the Florida panther. And and that that 
the feds have just released their their current paper basically what it declares is they have reevaluated and the panther that is here in Florida is is the same as the cougar that's in the rest of the country. Yeah, it is. Okay. They brought the Texas stock down here to make babies uh, years ago. And the, so there is no there is no distinct subspecies. And what what that's going to matter in the future is it's the way you and what you can do to manage a species under the Endangered Species Act really hurts your ability to do certain things. And as they move through and change some of the rules and regulations on this, it's going to give people, if, if one gets hit by a car in South Florida where their, their population is extremely high, in the future, the agency could, instead of releasing it back to where it's overpopulated down there and getting whacked right and left, they could take it and put it, per se, in North Florida, where there's a lot more prey for it to get after. And they could have some... For a while. They could, they could have some freedom to move that around. And also, they could re-bring back in other genetics if we have isolated pockets where we've got a lot of inbreeding going on. They could potentially bring some more cats out of Texas or somewhere else. Nobody's saying the cats need to go anywhere but it will change some of the management tools we have to continue to bring and have that animal throughout the state and should be throughout the southeast in a, you know, here but rare occurrence. Why don't they go drop them off up there in Pennsylvania where you guys killed off the <laughs> Nittany Lion like in the 1950s? Hey. I think the last one. Hey. Why don't they go drop them off up there? Drop them off up in Pennsylvania. He's got a point. I mean, I'm, you guys, uh, you don't have the species anymore, so uh, reintroduce put, them. Put, put Be a nice back. guy. I don't care. You guys already did uh, the elk and everything else I used to feed on. Throw some predators up in there, bro. Drop them off. That's all I'm saying. Just go ahead and drop off a few of them up north. Do you want to bring her from Texas, or do you want to bring her from here? Well, obviously, there's certain areas, and uh, we have a gentleman who's supposedly going to call in the show one of these days who's an expert when he, it comes he, to the panther and stuff. And he is in... Uh, he is in the big cypress for the open and muzzleloader today. Well, and uh, and he's made it quite clear that uh, there are certain areas down in South Florida where they're extremely overpopulated, and it's actually hurting the population more than it's helping. So to move a few of those, let them gain some weight. Wouldn't be the worst idea. Drop them off hey. in Pennsylvania where they now have the new Nittany Lions running around. But Why wouldn't that be a good thing, right? And, and part of the deer study down in South Florida, the panther was just absolutely – you know, killing a large portion of any deer they were able to tag and, and release. But they're doing another deer survey study up in North Florida. And believe it or not, alligators are getting quite a few deer. Sure they are. They got a few dogs, too. And bobcats. Well, now, let me... Uh, they're smart. I know that they're uh, toying with the idea of putting the uh, the manatees back on the endangered species list. And uh, I Why? never could... I, and I never could understand why they would do that. They're already protected. Nobody hunts them. Nobody eats them. Nobody does anything to them except maybe uh, scratch Trump into the uh, <laughs> into the algae in their back. 
What does that do for them? I mean, when you put them on an endangered species list, it doesn't change anything. Well, they're, they're, well it does change stuff. It changes it change what anything? you can do. But you can't do any with them now. You, you can't it, do Kind of like the panther. The, you lose management tools to your yourself. What do you manage when it comes to manatees? They the, go where they want to. They go. Uh, they're plentiful. And they're all over the place. And the vast majority of them getting whacked are because of... Uh, uh, or they say they're dying off is because of lack of seagrasses. Well, how is an Endangered Species Act tag going to help them? Does that mean that maybe they could shut down uh, the dumping of sewage out of St. Pete into the the bay and the why would the you Gulf. want to do that? Then you get all that great seagrass. Yeah. All the turtle grass loves yeah. all that phosphorus out there. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's it's that double edged sword right there. I mean, they're plentiful. I mean, any winter time. You go over to Palo Beach, you can see them all bunked up over well, there. They, you go over to St. Pete side, and they're all bunked up over there. They're all over the place. They, it, but they have, let's say, in the Indian River Lagoon area, they have had some big manatee kills out there in the recent years, and it may happen some more. Just may. Don't, just may don't go down to more. Costa Rica with but, the manatees. They still hunt them in Costa Rica, yeah, bro. I know. That's why I said don't. And they are migratory, so who's to say that, you know, a big fat Martha that's swimming up here off Crystal River isn't on somebody's plate down in Costa Rica six months from now? How are you supposed to stop that? You can't. You can't. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay right there. It's a fast one. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brendan Gunn, Vince Noble, Bill George. It's like hanging out with you this morning. Um, before we go, I just wanted to say, Bill George is another species you might want to add to that extinction list if Canada gets its way. They're trying to open it up for a sandhill crane. Everybody else gets to shoot them. Why can't we? Didn't I hear somebody say the ribeye of the sky? Ribeye of the sky, man. Delicious. Delicious. I've been hitting with cars for years. I mean, no. <laughs> that's against the law. It is. It it's, is actually it is against the law. The only person to ever bring it up at a commission meeting was Chucky Schnawagenahena, and uh, he only did it just to get the antis all mad, I, I'm sure. I, it's annoying because they they walk out in front of you, and you they hit you, and it's still technically you hitting them. It's yeah. been the, oh. yeah. 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 Yeah, it is a waste. I know that John, he's a murderous sucker when it comes to uh, Sand Hill Cranes. Ain't that right, John? Uh, one or two, maybe. Oh, <laughs> good morning. When they get into the car, I love it when they start to fight their own reflection in your uh, black shiny Mercedes. It's always good. To, hey, it's always hey, good video. Hey, John, I want to apologize. Yeah, uh, last week, uh, Braden couldn't find the number in your phone. I couldn't find your card, and the restaurant refused to turn around and and pass a message to you. That's right. <laughs> we actually called the restaurant. <laughs> Like, oh, we don't want to play that game. Sorry. Uh, well, I'll be happy to give it to you, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's out in the open. I don't have a problem saying it over the air. Okay. Not a big deal. It's 727-510-0377. And if you guys know any veterans that need any help, send them my way. All right. All right. Good deal. That's awesome. Yeah. We wish we could have got a breakfast report, but Slick got the cold shoulder, man, yeah. when he called, man. He was like... <laughs> 
It's like, hey, could you ask for a guy over there? Uh, it's very Hansen? important. It's it's life or death. Yeah. And they were like, it's it, it's not really that bad. Come on. I was like, no, Brayton's going to die if we don't yes. get, a, get a report on how good those eggs are. Could have a coronary <laughs> right here. They were good, that's for sure. Well, you know what? They're not getting any more free plugs from me, them sons of... Uh, anyway, well, so what do you... I don't either on that one. Now, what? who the hell said that Goliath Grouper only eat crustaceans? Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> not me. The biologist, this, the FWC biologist said they're that. They're all pointing fingers me. in here. It's like, it was Bill George. It was the biologist. It was Brady. I mean, you should have seen the looks on everybody's faces when they made that announcement in front of all these divers and the presidents of the St. Pete Dive Club, and everybody, they all went, What? What? Yeah, they, they need to hook him on a rope and dangle him over the edge, and he, he can see just how much they like to eat crustaceans. Well, you know what's funny is one of the guys said, uh, how did you get that assessment? And they said by hook and line. They pull it up, and they stick a hose down its throat and flush out anything that might be in its stomach content. And the guy said, so you hooked it with a line and brought it up to the surface? And they're like, yeah, he goes, do you know what a Goliath grouper does as soon as you hook it and you start bringing it up to the surface? It pukes. It throws everything up and gets it out of its stomach. He said, if you want a real assessment, I'll swim down there. I'll powerhead one, bring his carcass up, dead, fully intact, and you can cut him open and and show me all the uh, carapaces that are inside of it. I've seen them eat lionfish. They'll eat but, anything. But you don't understand that they wouldn't do that if it wasn't on your line or on your spear gun. Shot. Yeah, oh, it's oh, only because bad, of that's, that, that's the rationale behind it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's an opportunity. You know, it's just a target of opportunity because uh, you've uh, you've uh, speared it and did the dirty work. Yeah, it it is amazing sometimes, John. It, it really is, and you got to look well, at them and say. You really don't. I want you to send me that information, Bill, so I can come and start raising a little hell at the meetings. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, as soon as we turned around and got off, you know, we, we, Braden went to give me the number and he's like, oh, I got a new phone. Uh, uh, Yeah, I didn't transfer it over. But I was going to tell you, John, that that information, by the way, was given to us in a timely matter uh, from 1985. Was it? Yeah. I think 1985. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to know that they're concurrent with the <laughs> that are going on today. Yeah, sure. It was 1985 we got that assessment, and so we're going to still it run with It just blows that. me away that we're still working off of those numbers in today's time. Well, that's but, what everybody was saying. But they're like, what? I do have to give the agency some 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 kudos in, in the fact that they've been unable to get a stock assessment to be peer-reviewed. And what they're doing now is they're going out there and using a different way to do stock assessments by getting the fin clips, doing DA, you know, DNA, you know, DNA matching who who's related to who in order to try mm-hmm. and see and d- use that to estimate the size of the population. Because <laughs> the traditional way of doing it is you, you know, involves the the species that's being fished and it, it just hasn't been fished in 30 years why don't they come up with something stupid like uh you know go to the st pete dive club or the st pete open all the members and say hey if you're out on the reef would you do us a favor uh go down there and when you're at this number or your mark or wherever it is that you're at could you give us a head count of Goliath Grouper while you're down there? Just and you know what? We'll write you a little check to cover your gas. Just you know? video it. Most of them have a GoPro anyways. You're yeah, right. Just send the video into the FWC. That's no, a good idea. They know there's a lot of Goliath. 
All they have to do is go to some of these marinas, and they'll catch all the goliaths they want, man. They're hanging out in these marinas big time. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier about the juvenile uh, giving you the slot limit. It's going to keep everybody off the reefs so those big fish out there are safe because they'll be fishing Port of Tampa. They'll be going Johns Pass, uh, mangroves, everywhere else. And they'll get their 20 to 30, what is it, 32, 36? 36. 36-inch 36 fish, and then they're done for 500 and some change. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And, Bill, I got another email from Fishing Game saying that snook season's open again. Ah, you, starting Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, they're actually yeah, midnight. Well, that is in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, even though we have lots of snook, and and I will say one of the the nice things is, uh, the biologists are being pushed to break down the stock assessment, and instead of being the east coast and the west coast, to more regionalize it. Well, uh-huh. what that's done is they are having to break out Southwest Florida and. Our rocking numbers used to help sustain some other areas and bring their numbers up. And now our numbers stand on their own. So it, oh, well, it's, it's incredible how many fish we have out there. And that's that's ultimately going to play against them when it comes to management, you know, because some of the people are trying to get different stock assessment here so that they can try and – maybe say, hey, we need to take less fish in southwest Florida, but we're rocking and rolling on the number of fish. I know I see a lot of them. So. Not that I can go out and do anything about it yet. but so you know. well, Dynamite! I know what? at 12.01 I'm going to get this on Tuesday. <laughs> Vince, I just got off of work. Let's go. It's open. <laughs> Bart. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you know where I saw some big snook, believe it or not? It's Mary Pier, man. There's some huge fish out there. They're everywhere. Don't, don't let anybody tell you they're nowhere. I mean, John's past. Oh, I know they're around, but I'm telling you, I saw some that would go 25, 30-pound class out by Mary Pier. They're big snook out there. Well, you can't keep them. They're too big. You well, can't keep them. It's no, too big. but it's it's a marvelous fish to look at, man. I, I, I they're fun to catch. I think that's one of the best things I've I have ever done in my life, really. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be a uh, it's going to be one of those things where uh, you know um, we'll just have to wait and see. I would love to see the rule change the same way as I said about redfish. You get two and you go home. Doesn't matter what size they are. You get two, you go home. It's a done deal. Forty inch, forty two, thirty six, twenty four. Doesn't don't care. matter the size. Just yeah. two and well, done. We're done. We're done. You got two. Bye. It, it, it's funny because they did that stock assessment on the redfish, and the 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 one of the numbers SPR twenty percent is a biologically sustainable. We're not hurting the fisheries as long as we don't go below twenty percent. They're managing it for thirty five. We're at sixty six percent. Okay, it, it, we are off the charts, and and we've been closed even for another couple of years since that data for the stock assessment ended. Uh, so so there's even more out there and so what i said at the commission meeting is you better be careful because you've been protecting this species so much that the commercial fisherman is going to come in and say i want it and guess what right after i spoke they did and on that note i'm gonna go get my two fishing done i think we need to take a quick break and we're sponsored by brandon ford we'll be thank right you back. john talk to you soon bye, right. Right. See you, bye. all right when we come back 
We're going to get a phone call from our good friend Tom Free, who was out in Missouri killing some stuff, and we'll get to him when we get into hour.